Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secrets of Marketers podcast, the only podcast you can rely on to give you real, raw, unfiltered marketing advice covering the latest tips, tricks, and tools that millionaire marketers use to make money online. I am your host, Jeremy Blossom. Sit back, relax, and let's start discovering the true secrets of marketers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. My name is Jeremy Blossom, and I am with the inventor of the Meganar, the $200 million webinar man and friend, Mr. Fernando Cruz. Welcome to the show, Fernando. Thanks, Jeremy. How's it going? It's going really good, man. I'm uh, excited to have you on. You're my first guest of 2020. And um, you and I have been friends for the past few years. And you're fresh. all uphill from here for you, by the way. (laughs) 2020, this is the low watermark for you, having me on. And then now it's only going to get better with Oh, I'm, I, I beg to differ, man. You're coming off of yet another seven-figure webinar, and yeah. um, and I just wanted to to bring out and start the guns blazing. Uh, one of my other episodes was on webinars and the power of them, and I got such tremendous feedback from people asking me more information about you know how best to position them and, and um, how can they use them for their businesses to generate even more revenue. And yeah. so immediately I said, I got to have Fernando on the show. Um, some, some people who are our loyal listeners know exactly who you are because they're in the info, uh, marketing direct response space. Other people are, uh, brand new to the show or brand new direct, direct response marketing. So can you just start off by giving us a background on, on who you are, what you do, and, um, then I can get into some, some questions that I'm excited to ask you. Yeah, um, so I'm a uh, one of the partners here at at Legacy Research. Um, I like saying that, you know, because it's one of those things where um, I've always I was considered myself to be unemployable. So uh, when I when I uh, it was a funny story actually for me even taking this job. But my original purpose for taking the job six years ago with with our parent company was um, so that I can get them as a client for my marketing agency. And I figured, uh, you know, um, and by the way, I I was totally upfront with the CEO. I told him like, Hey, this is not going to work out. Um, so I, I sort of envisioned me being here for like maybe 60, maybe 90 days. But my goal is that I show you what I can do. And you guys like it so much that you, you, you take on my marketing agency or, uh, or you come on as a client for my marketing agency. Uh, that was, you know, six and a half years ago. And, and, you know, I started just like anyone else would at, at a company, but you know, six years later, I, I'm a partner now and um, I, I, I'm very proud of that because I think for a lot of folks listening, um, entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship only has for them one face and that's the grinding it out in your own business face, Right building something, a software, a SaaS company, an info business, whatever, right? Um, But I'm here to tell you that if you are entrepreneurially minded, um, there is more than one articulation of that idea. And I I made a post about this on my Facebook, uh, which has generated a massive amount of response. 
um, the the idea that that there's more than one articulation for any idea, mm. which kind of leads into like webinars and things like that. I think the the difference with me is I can take a topic, but then I, I just have a different twist on it, a different take on it. Uh, but being an entrepreneur is exactly the same. It's just an idea. It's a thought, right? It's a man-made sure. thing. And everyone thinks that there's only one way to express that idea. But I'm sort of living proof that it's not. And so so that's who I am today. You know, I, I started off in the digital marketing space. I was in a bunch of niches. I was in, you know, uh, Sudoku puzzles. I was hmm. uh, in uh, uh, salsa dancing, all these different niches, real estate, real estate investing. Um, and now, you know, I'm in the financial publishing niche. And uh, it started off. Um, as a job with the intent of gaining a big client because, you know, they spend a lot of money here. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted them as a client, but then that turned into a track that I came on to uh, being a partner, which I did earlier uh, this year. So that's a quick little in a nutshell. Yeah. Congratulations on that. That's uh, it's, it's an amazing position to be in and you earned it. I mean, the, your track record, you, you know, I've gone back and forth on it. Um, you've had numerous, I mean, um, I, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, how many seven figure webinars that you've personally um, built or were a part of. Do you, do you have that off the top of your head, Fernando? Cause I know it's like, it's a crazy number yeah. of amount. Yeah, er, early on, it was uh, mainly myself until I was able to prove this model. Today, though, um, it's it's a t- it's a it's a small army of people: copywriters, designers, uh, set set producers. You know, for the for the sets that we have, um, and but all told, all told, in just in the last three years. Uh, probably 20 plus maybe. Um, yeah, I don't think we've had a single webinar that did not do more than a million dollars. Like, I don't, (laughs) I I don't think we had a single one. Um, and and that's night of, um, I think there may, I think there was one that, that was just under, it was like maybe 800,000 or something like that. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we haven't had one that was, that was less than, than, than a million dollars night one. So. Yeah, not only the, the the revenue numbers, which everyone who's listening to this show right now, that's what they care about, right? We want to grow our right. businesses. We want to hit, we want to actually have real revenue coming in from all the efforts that we're putting in there. But on top of that, there's some, some other really cool, interesting facts. Like I said, you are the inventor of the mega NAR, right. mega webinar. And the reason why uh, you coined it or someone coined it that you were the guy is because you had a crazy number of people register and show up to these yeah. last webinars that you've had. You had one with Glenn Beck, yeah. and I believe it was, uh, I mean, what was it, 90,000 or 100,000? I mean, some crazy not that, number. Not that one. It was the one before. So that that's where the, the that's where the 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 term that uh, where, that's where I coined the term Meganar. But the re- the reason I did that was because so, so I'm, I'm running this campaign and then I'm like, you know, we, we, we got to make this bigger, right? Because it was, it, it really was a big deal at the time. It was a, a big a crypto campaign that we were doing. We were giving away something like a million dollars in Bitcoin. Uh, you know, it was big. I mean, you know, um, we hit about 250,000 registered uh, at one point. I mean, it went, it went higher. It went up Probably like three, almost 400,000 people registered for this event. Wow. Um, <coughs> it was like, no, not that for. It was like 325, like 325,000 people 
register registered for it. But but right around two hundred thousand, I, I was in a meeting. I was like, guys, this isn't even a webinar anymore. This is a I don't know. This is a this is a meganar. You know. And so then it kind of <laughs> stuck. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I was I was sort of um, announcing that, and I remember I, I still remember I announced it. I said, you know. Um, I don't do webinars. I do meganars. And, you know, I kind of got into it. Uh, and of course that was me trying to, uh, recruit affiliates and stuff to, to join. So I was kind of like hyping it up. Um, but I was scared. I mean, no one had ever done anything like this before. So I had no idea what we were going to do, you know? Um, and then I saw somebody use the term and they had like 800 people registered for their webinar. Right. And I was like, and so I, so I, I responded. I mean, I, it was a total douchebag move on my part, but I was like, uh, Meganar, that's more like a nanonar. That's like a micronar, you know? It, and of course, you know, it's, it's funny. It's funny for me to make fun of it, right? But like, as a solopreneur, you get 800 people registered on a webinar. That's a big deal. It really sure. is. I mean, sure. yeah. I, I, think, I think people, when they hear these big numbers, they, tend, they lose sight of that. But I had to poke fun at that guy for taking my term. And at the very least, I mean, make it a couple thousand people you registered, not 800. So yeah. <laughs> I, took, I took exception to that. <laughs> so um, what's, what's also astonishing, and, and this show is called The Secrets of Marketers. It's about really getting real with the people that are doing this for a living every single day and, and sharing some of the tactics and insights that you get to see being on the other end of producing yeah. these mega webinars. Um, for you, you know, and you started off like all of us at doing 800 people webinars and 10, you know, uh, maybe that, Less, maybe, 50, maybe you know, hundred. Yeah, 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 sure. Right. We all started out somewhere. Yeah. Um, what were the performance metrics? And, and when you do something that big, when you've got 325,000 people that register for one webinar, and then they show up, are the metrics relatively the same for a thousand people that show up for a webinar and you're going to get you know, 30% actually yeah. show up. And if you have 300,000, you're going to, you know, it's, it's all the numbers really stay the same as you scale it. I think so. So I'm pulling up, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you could see me, but I'm, I'm, I'm on my computer right now, pulling it up. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the numbers right now. Uh, they, they are, they're generally the same. I mean, um, attendance is right around 35%, which wow. again, I, I feel like that's pretty typical, right? Yep. Uh, let's see here. So, um, and, and by the way, this is across over 2 million registrants. So th these are, th this is a bunch of webinars. And when I combine them all, it's over 2 million people have registered to one of our webinars. And we've had, you know, over 720, 730,000 people show up. Oh my gosh. So, wow. so that's, yeah, you know, 33%, a little bit more. Um, and then as far as, you know, people converting on the night of, uh, our, our internal number is roughly seven to 8% conversion. That's the wow. average. Um, wow. but you know, it goes higher, it goes higher from there. Um, and what's the price, what would be the average price point for that? Just to give everybody some context. The, the average price point, which I have it here, the average price point across all of our webinars is $2,443. So just under, just under 2,500 bucks. Wow. So just for everybody listening here and you're taking notes, 
you have a 30%, roughly 30, 33% show rate from everybody that's registered for your webinars. You've got a six and a half to maybe eight, call it a six to 8% closing ratio from the people who actually show up to the webinar and purchase. And the average price point seems to be around that $2,500 mark uh, number. Um, Holy crap. That th- these are absolutely phenomenal numbers. Um, but a lot of people that I know and I work with have lower price points at $500 and they would be ecstatic if they've got a 4% conversion or 3.5% conversion sure. at a lower price point. So the fact sure. that you're at 6 to 8% at a $2,500 price point yeah. is, is absolutely amazing. Well, that that's the um, so th- those those first few ones that I did again, I, I did them by myself. I did them I did them on my own because um, there was no model, uh, you know, for the company. You know, here things have to go through editorial, they have to go to legal. They, uh, there's a lot of stuff. At the time, I wasn't se- no, I wasn't sending my scripts to anybody. I mean, mm. I, I still remember it was like after two or three webinars and millions of dollars later, somebody was like, "Hey, are these are these being sent to editorial?" And I'm like, "No." Are they being sent to legal? I'm like, no, I had no idea that you know that that was required. Uh, but but you know, um, while we had good success, the truly massive success came after came when the when the team actually came together, and that's copywriters, designers, you know, everybody sort of uh, really good in their area of expertise, and so that for me. Uh, to me anyway, is has been our secret sauce. I mean, when you couple strong, solid copywriting with strong, solid marketing and you let uh, each player, each individual sort of shine in their area, I mean, it's phenomenal what could happen. Now, admittedly, it's tough because as, you know, as most people who are sort of going at it alone, uh, they have to be everything. They have to be the host, the 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 the, the guru. They have to be yeah. the marketer. They have to be the copywriter. Uh, that's fine. You you can do that, uh, but know that you know you won't be able to scale it beyond that uh, on your own. It's just not possible. And yeah, th- those numbers are great. I mean, but again, I think that's a function of just really good copy, uh, working with copywriters and and working with a bunch of people that are just really really ecstatic about uh, working together. By the way, here's an interesting stat. Uh, per attendee, our average is $311 of revenue per attendee. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So you take that number. And for us, um, it's just it's so easy to know roughly, OK, what are we going? What can we reasonably expect? Uh, we we have like if I take all the registrants, it's about ninety one dollars. So. The fact that you put a name on the list, I already know that that name is going to roughly be be worth 91 bucks, right? So as an affiliate, um, if you're an affiliate, you know, chances are you feel pretty comfortable putting a bet on us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and for me, uh, I I always want to bet on us. I always want to bet on the team. And your reputation has gotten, um, you know, just huge over the last two years that I've known you and you're, you have an absolute sterling reputation with affiliates. Uh, They, they, it's, it's, they almost clamor now to kind of work with you and try to be a part of these things because you've got this formula down pat, man. 
And the quality from, from A to Z, from top to bottom is just superior. There isn't yeah. really anyone out there putting the time and the resources into these webinars like you are. And not only that, the ideas for these right? These ideas yeah. are so big. Uh, a lot of the webinars that I see being promoted out there are like, you know, the three hidden stock chart patterns everybody needs to know, right? That's like the big yeah. idea that they're trying to uh, trying yeah. to promote. And, and you're just, it's not even in the same stratosphere as far as what your ideas are. How, what does that process look like, Fernando? So you're, are you, you know, you know, playing with your son, playing tennis with your boy and the idea pops in your head and you come in on Monday and you tell the team about it? Or is it like a collaborative thing? Can you get into yeah. how these these big ideas come to fruition? Uh, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes, you know, we, we have we have some uh, amazing uh, talent here and it comes from them. So, uh, you know, one of, one of our more successful campaigns, uh, that idea uh, was generated by our you know, at the time, our copy chief. Um, we've had ideas come from, you know, different people. You know, the, uh, the, the idea for, for this last webinar that we did a couple weeks ago, or last week, I don't, I don't even remember anymore, but uh, that came from someone who was talking to you, you know? And, you know, th- when... For me, those are my favorite type because the idea doesn't come from me, but mm-hmm. I'm able to look at it and then I could sort of I, I sort of find ways to 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 hopefully tweak it and make it better. Um, do you do but, that on a white? I mean, like I'm trying to get tactical. Do you do that on like a whiteboard? Is there yeah. like a a brainstorming session? Do you go away someplace to do? You know what I mean? Like, or are you in the yeah. car? I mean, like when do you start to like refine? these ideas that people are bringing to you or that you kind of have to make them because it's the storylines and, and just the way that you're able to pinpoint the big thing, the big idea is, is really impressive. How, how's that process done? Uh, yeah, it's multiple meetings. Um, you know, so for this last one, uh, which, but it's so funny. Um, I we're probably wrapping it up at like right around four, four and a half million dollars. <laughs> and, um, and by the way, the, you know, that's um, what you called, by the way, I, I can actually attest to that. You, I asked you before the webinar, before all anything actually was starting to, and you told me that's exactly where you think it was. So, uh, right on by you, you called that. I, I did. I did. And so it's so funny. If you look at the, at, at the level of work that we put into that one, it's not commensurate. In other words, that same level of work we've put it on for others that did 10, 15, 18 million, right? So when you look at four, you're like, holy crap, that's a bit of a failure. Uh, and and it, it would have, except that we knew that going in, like we knew we had a limited ceiling. But what I also know is that even with that limited ceiling, I knew that we were going to extract way more value out of that than anyone else on the planet. And it's because we're we're constantly in meetings. So it's it's the the copywriters, the marketers, uh, the affiliate managers. We're we're meeting, you know, sometimes up to once a week, leading up to uh, to the the big idea stuff. It goes through review. So like once you know once the copywriter um, has a script, right? They they circulate it. I get a copy. My marketing director gets a copy. Other copywriters get copies. And it doesn't seem 
You know, it's so funny. Uh, I come from the the traditional school of you know uh, non committees, right? You don't you don't want you don't want design and copy by committee. Sure. Um, I think it was, I don't know if it was Gary Halbert. I don't know who said it, but they basically said you know there are no statues uh, out there uh, uh, or put up in, in memory of committees, right? It's it's a person, right? Yeah. But. Um, there's the there's a difference between copy and design by committee versus getting really smart people who you know and trust with a proven track record to just give you their thoughts and opinions and that's what we do i mean we're constantly massaging it i if i were to guess i would say that 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 original script just like all of the scripts that we have if i were to guess i would say we probably have a we probably have a dozen to maybe two dozen revisions mm. of, of that script right and i know marketers that oh yeah I, you know I, I could just i could just go on and just on the fly re- no look does that work absolutely can can a guy like frank kern get on and, and sell you know on the fly maybe i don't know i but i could tell you this every webinar that i've done I'm fully scripted. I read everything. And not only that, I've read it, you know, 10, 15, 20 times before the day up. Yeah. So it's a grind. It's a lot of work. It's- yeah, that's that's a big misnomer. I, I, I actually like that you brought that point up. I, you know, when you are talking with people, um, marketers, you, they have this idea for something and they want to put together a webinar and then they put it together and, oh, they kind of do this, like not even a detailed review. They kind of just gloss over the slides and like the, the, the narrative a little bit. And they say, oh, it's in the, you know, Dan Kennedy talks about the GE spot, right? The good enough spot. And yep. then they try to go and put some things behind it. And what they fail to realize is that when you do that, when you're creating a minimal viable webinar, um, that your re- the expectation of the results of that webinar can't nearly be at what your level is. So when someone says, wow, 6 to 8% conversion rate, 33% at scale, I mean, at scale is 325,000, which I don't know another marketer on the planet that's ever gotten a webinar, you know, any of these numbers, by the way. Yeah. And so to keep those um, above average numbers at scale takes this. It takes this constant uh, review, finesse, um, having a lot of people work on this thing to look at it and being big thing here, uh, Fernando, is that you're egoless. You're the type of guy that's going to have a copywriter come in and say, Hey, I think it should be this. And you trust your team and you're not going to be like, well, I think it's got to be like this. I see a lot of like entrepreneurs and business owners try to come in or gurus like, Oh no, I think this, this is going to kill it. I trust me. And they steamroll, right? The person right. who's put all this time and energy into something. And that's just not the way it works. There isn't a shortcut to a Meganar. You know what I mean? There yeah. just isn't one to getting, yeah. you know, to having over 20, over, over 27 figure webinars. There's not a shortcut to it. No, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that scale. Here, here's a little tip for everybody. And, and <laughs> I, I will, I will also, so this, this tip is sort it serves two purposes. Number one, it serves a purpose that if I meet you at a conference here next year in 2020, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm able to, or you, we're both able to cut through the bullshit really quickly. That's one. And number two, um, the other thing it serves is it's just a shift in mindset. So 
I hear a lot of vanity metrics being being thrown, you know, thrown out there. And one of the things that people, oh, you know, my webinar, I'm, you know, I'm converting 15%, 20%, 25%. If you aren't doing at least, at least the night of on a webinar, a million dollars in sales, drop the percentages. Like stop talking percentage. Yes. Like that's just stupid. Yes. Like, I, I, honestly. If you're if you're not doing at least a million dollars that night, night of, I'm not talking about the whole thing. I'm not talking right. about all oh, the server crash and we're we're gonna extend this whatever. I'm talking about that night. You wake up in the morning, you got a million bucks, and you still have five, six, seven more days in the webinar campaign. Unless you're doing that, that stop talking percentages because you're just fooling yourself. You know, oh, I've got a I've got a webinar that's converting at twenty percent. Well, yeah, but. You're only putting 50 people at a time that are listening. Mm-hmm. To you, That's right. right? Yep. So, so you got 50 people and, and, and 10 people bought. Like, yes, is it a 20% conversion? Absolutely. But listen, it's, it's bullshit. Like, it's not real. It's yeah, not it's real. Not, yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. it's scalable, right? It doesn't mean it's scalable. So, yeah. no, so the reason I say that is because... I, I feel like as a community, as an industry, we we have to drop these vanity metrics because it forces those vanity metrics force you, the person perpetuating it, the person saying it, and the person hearing it, it forces you to live in an alternate reality where you are doing better than you're actually doing. And so it never forces you to to in a very head-on, very objective, very almost ruthless way, it doesn't allow you to self-assess, and it doesn't allow you to uh, to okay. Well, how can I do better? Because if you think that converting twenty percent of a fifty-person webinar is a good thing, and I don't care if it's a quote-unquote high-ticket item. I mean, you saw our ticket price is twenty-five hundred bucks. Yep. You know that's not super high, but it's not it's not a hundred-dollar product either. You know. Right. Um, those vanity metrics just don't work. And th- that's why people, in, I believe, in this industry have been held back. It's all these stupid vanity metrics, that these KPIs that are meaningless, meaningless unless you're doing scale. Yeah. Now, to your point, the only way to achieve that scale is to rely on your people. For example, what am I, 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 two of my favorite copyright, I actually, I, I have... I've been working with so many copywriters, it's hard to say which one is my is the person I love working with the most. But the reality is they they're the guys who make me look good. Like when I when that script, right, it makes me look good. Why that why would I want to like stop that? Why would I want to interfere yeah. with them? Right. You know, the only the only time I get in the middle is if I strongly believe in something, and it's not just because, oh, well, my gut tells me. It's because I've been doing this for a long time. And so I feel like, hey, I, I, you know, the way this offer was structured, I'd rather say it this way. Or there's some words that I just wouldn't say, like it's not me, right? I wouldn't say that word. But other than that, I don't get involved. Yeah. I, I just don't get involved. I let, and, and by the way, uh, before it wasn't like that. I used to write the scripts. I used to write the emails. I wrote everything. I did everything. And I had a, I had a lot of control over it. And I created the first sort of uh, 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 primer on on webinars and how to structure a webinar script. I created that. That's something that that many copywriters 
you know, go and, 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 and look at. But I look at it today and it's such a basic thing. Like the, 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 these copywriters have taken that format and just exploded it to levels I've never seen before. But that never would have happened if I would have wanted to keep tight control over this thing. So look, nor would you have grown either, right? Nor would your no, business have grown, no nor would no these way. webinars have grown. And, you know, just to, just to touch on this point, because I, I, I actually do think it is becoming a little bit of a problem. Um, there are a bunch of six-figure marketers out there with a uh, Zoom webinar and a, you know, a light and, and a microphone um, pumping a lot of uh, educational material out there about how to do digital marketing. And a lot of business owners, you know, entrepreneurs who are trying to launch these different ideas, well, these guys are, you know, they look, they look successful and they, they talk a really good game. And, and so they start taking advice from six-figure marketers. And then they, they actually do become six-figure entrepreneurs, right? They have a business that's doing sure. six figures a year. Um, and then, then they get stuck. Because yeah. they stop to look at where the seven figures and eight figures, and well, you're a nine figure marketer. You've done over two hundred million dollars in uh, sales. Crazy to say that <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to hear it, honestly. <coughs> uh, but just being a part of your webinars, being someone who's driven a lot of traffic, and I get my earnings per lease back on registrants I send you. Uh, I'm going to continue to do that because you're a proven entity, but you are a nine figure marketer. And it's really important for entrepreneurs, business owners, affiliates that are out there to be very mindful of who you're listening to. And, um, and to your point, be careful of being too vanity centric and egocentric. Cause yes, we all want to be celebrated. We all want to be you, Fernando. We all want to you know, have stories like you, you know, but uh, well, that's true. We want, I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're a juggernaut in our space. And so it's like, it's okay to look up to these people, but you have to kind of be real with yourself. And if the harder you are on yourself, and this is just like so many parallels in so many different industries, you know, the best figure skaters, the best Olympic athletes, these are the people who are just like ruthless yeah. with their, with their sense of self. They're like, oh, I can run, you know, this type of mile or whatever. No, yeah. they're, they're like, that's not good enough. And, the, and yeah. that's always been your mantra too. It's like, how can we do this better? And you're not afraid to make the claim that guess what? We can do it better and we will do it better. You, you, yeah. you have no, you're like, yeah, we will, uh, which is super, yeah. super important. I look, I, I also agree with that Dan Kennedy school of thought, right? Good, good enough is good enough. Cause sometimes you can overthink the hell out of this. Right. And, sure. and, and, we, and we do have deadlines, right? Cause a webinar has to happen on a particular day and time. <clears throat> and so we have to, we have to hit certain headlines, uh, deadlines. Um, but the, the, the issue is that most, and, and I apologize, I, I didn't get my headphone on, which is why you're hearing all these dings and stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the difference is that, that no one really looks at it as, as a serious endeavor. For the most part, you know, the, the whole lifestyle entrepreneur thing, which again, it's, it's fine for some people if, if that's what they're into. But for me, the way I look at it is very simple. Um, if you're not taking it as serious as the production crew for, you know, uh, for, for, you know, Fox or NBC or any of these other news channels, right? If you're not taking it that serious, and by the way, when you look at these guys, you know, listen to Howard Stern, right? Howard Stern, when he talks about, you know, he kind of gives you some behind the scenes of what it takes. I mean, they're having meetings at six o'clock in the morning, 
you know, with, with their writers and their, their guys. And, and, you know, even a skit where you get a guy who's going to come in here and have the longest fart in existence, right? <laughs> even a skit like that, they're putting a ton of thought into 100%. it. 100%. A ton of thought into it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, I, you know, there, there just has to be more respect for the craft and more respect for the hustle. And I'm not necessarily saying you got to be a Gary V, you know, work, work, you know, and, you know. I'm sure he would say, yeah, you got to work like crazy. And by the way, that's how I, that's, that's how I did it. That's that, that has been my, my mantra. But I, I think that a lot of marketers in this space, a lot of entrepreneurs, they sorely, sorely overestimate their abilities and they underestimate their weaknesses and they underestimate the value of having people work for you. So for me, I'd rather have a much smaller piece of a massively large pie than than the than a hundred percent of a tiny tiny pie. Yeah, you know. And so anyway, that uh, I know we went off in a little bit of a tangent there, but. I know. Uh, I think it's important. I mean, a lot of our listeners are, like I said, they're entrepreneurs or they're up and coming marketers. And so they subscribe to this show because they want to hear from, from guys like you, what does it really take? And so I think this, this topic is important. And I'm glad that you mentioned yeah. it. Going back to webinars, um, what are some of the most important dynamics or parts of the webinar that you really focus on? Is it the, is it the hook? Is it the offer at the end? Is it the headline? Is it the intro? You know, what are some of the things that you you um, really want to get right that you feel like make the biggest impact towards the success, or you can answer it where, what are the things that are the things you can screw up and make it a bomb? You know what I mean? Yeah. Either way you want to answer that question. Uh, the, the hook is, is vitally important to me. For me, the hook is that big idea. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about what a big idea is. Um, and, and I will say this, there's a difference between a marketing big idea and a copywriting big idea and an editorial or product big idea. Okay. There's a difference. And so most marketers think of marketing big ideas. They don't realize for me anyway, I think the biggest thing uh, you need to work on is whatever the product or the editorial or the fulfillment big idea is. You know, for us, we're in the financial space. So I would much rather do a webinar where there's this sort of novel thing in the markets. There's some sort of uh, 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 discrepancy in the markets. And now we have a piece of software that allows you to identify that discrepancy faster than than any human can Um and then I want to, if, you know, if, if somebody comes to me and says they have this software, this product that'll do that, um, we're going to beta test the heck out of it for months to prove it because that's the fulfillment. That's the product. Yeah. If you don't have a big idea on the product, don't waste your time because yeah, listen, I could come up with a marketing angle with a hook, a copy hook, uh, any one of these copywriters here. Uh, these amazing copywriters can come up with a hook, uh, but a, a a marketing big idea or a copywriting big idea without without a product or fulfillment big idea is simply hyperbole. It, and, and so, at best, it's hype, and at worst, it's a it's a lie. 
Mm. At best, it's hype. And at worst is a lie. Mm, so pick so your poison. Do you want to be hypey or do you want to be a liar? Mm. And let me tell you, the only difference between a hype, uh, a hype man and, and, and hyperbole and a liar is how quickly you're going to go out of business. That's the only difference. Wow. That's the only difference. Um, so to me, you can't have a big marketing idea, a big copy idea, if you don't have a big product idea. Because at the end, that fulfillment has to be big. It has mm. to be important. It has to be unique. It has to be novel. Um, so that's the first place that I look at. The second place I look at is the offer. I, I absolutely, you know, it's got to be an irresistible offer. It has to be. And the reason why it has to be irresistible is because I want to be able to look in the camera, look in your eyes and tell you every reason why you must not procrastinate and buy right now. And without a big irresistible offer, you're just not, you just don't have that power to do it. But more than that, if it's not, if, if it's not a good fulfillment idea, I, I don't want to get on the camera and, and push it that hard, yeah. you know? So those to me are the two main points. Now, um, my answer will differ from that of a copywriter, right? Because the copywriter, they, they, there's a structure to the copy. There's suspense. There's, the, you know, there's all the things that writing good copy uh, you need to do. So for a copywriter, I just want to, I just want to point out their answer is going to be very different. So uh, uh, just like there's a difference between how you define a big idea, depending on what discipline you're focusing on, the answer of what do you focus on for a big webinar will also vary between disciplines. The marketer is going to think one thing. The copywriter is going to think another thing. The host is going to think another thing. You know, the guru is going to think another thing. So uh, you sort of, if you're the quarterback in the middle of all of this, you have to find a way to reconcile all, all of those things and, and get everybody on the same page. Um, and, uh, those are, those are probably, so I've asked a lot of people these questions about campaigns and offers and webinars. I, I think this is one of the best answers I've ever heard. Um, cause you're getting my, my brain going, especially on the first part of what you said. Um, uh, you know, if you don't have a really big idea around the product, um, and what the product is going to do for the end user, then you're just dead in the water. Um, and, and, and the, I can it to, you know, big brands, um, Steve jobs, I think was, um, really at its core. That's what he was gifted at. That was his gift to the world was being so fanatical about delivering an amazing, amazing, big, huge idea to the world. That was the product that it was that answered so many things. It was technology when it was coming out was so complicated and it was so, right. so cumbersome. And his big idea was simplicity and ease and making it about the user. That was his big thing about the product. And then he can go and let the design like to like what I would kin it to is he was like in the product side, the and right. then the designers were what we have in copy. The copywriters yeah. are like, how are you going to be introduced to this concept? The designers were like, well, how are you going to interact with this product? Yeah. And um, ultimately, what this leads to is regenerative use. So in marketing, the holy grail is referrals, right? That's what like you word of mouth and getting people to talk about your product or service. You don't have to pay for it. It's free traffic. You know, it's where you get your proof from, you get your testimonials. It's like what everybody wants. 
and businesses are out there right now um, and they get stuck on, wouldn't it be great if, and they answer that question, wouldn't it be great if, and they think that the answer to that is the big idea. But yeah. it's not. It's the hype because they haven't spent time dissecting the product. The product. Gl- yeah, yeah you, you glossed over something I think was really important just because you're a professional. You do this all the time. But like to your point, and I know this about you because I've brought people to you and said, hey, here's these ideas. And, um, and you've taken, you know, I was, I was expecting some of these launches that you've done to happen within six weeks. It took 10 months or 11, I don't know how many months it took for you guys to do exactly what you said. You went in there and vetted every single aspect of what this person's product was. I mean, you went so much further than I had, (coughs) I would have ever imagined. And And you you know, you know him, you know him. Yeah. So I I don't want to say his name, but. For everyone watching this, this is probably one of the most credible, most credentialed, most highly vetted people on Wall Street. This guy uh, has been audited by the biggest firms in the country. And even like that, we went through months and months of beta testing, months and months of, okay, what, what is the issue going to look like? What's on day one? What's the subscriber going to get? And, and guess what? Of course, his pedigree and his background came into play, but that didn't matter because yeah. we knew that in order for us to, to stand behind this, you know, we had to do that. And I'll tell you, man, I would, I would be shocked, shocked if the bulk of the entrepreneurs and marketers out there spend more than single digit percent in, t- in terms of time on, on the product. Yeah. Like they just don't. And then they just create a very substandard, you know, piece of shit, really. Like, <laughs> That's right. You know they I mean? polish it up. Um, right. but the, 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 the paint wears off and then people yeah. see the shit, right? That's the problem with it. They don't actually, you know, and, and this is, again, this kind of goes into, um, a lot of businesses problems and they, this is where they get stuck. They don't see it now, but if you're not doing this, your business will be stuck. It might be stuck at $5 million a year. It might be stuck at $10 right. million a year. I don't know what your niche is in your industry is that you're in, but if you're not doing this one part of, and not only that, but going back, going back to the product say how can we make this better how can we make it more valuable how can we you know add things to it because you guys do that extremely well um and what you're you guys are trying to do always over deliver in that product and then last thing i'll say about this too is what i think that makes a really really strong marketer um is conviction it makes a great yeah. salesman too is having this undeniable conviction that what right. it, that what you're trying to talk about is really going to help you and um at the end of the day, that 1%, you're 99% confident and 100% confident. The two differences is a nine-figure marketer and a seven-figure marketer is this 1%. Because to, in order to get 100% convinced, I mean, through your soul, you're, you're calling up your best friend in the entire world, your mom's money and being like, mom, right. like this is something you need to, if, if this was the product suitable for that person, like this is, this is it. T- trust me. You're telling everybody about it. Then marketing it to, you know, 300,000 people is a piece of cake. Right. It's a piece of cake. Right. Yeah. It, it yeah. takes care of itself. Yeah. And Unless you're a sociopath, right? I mean, there, yeah. there are sociopaths who, who, who don't care. Uh, and you know th- those guys will will filter themselves out. That's like that. What's that guy's name? Com whatever. Com uh, uh, he, he, yes. he got arrested in 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 
He's like one of the, the he's like one of the the, the 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 late the latest guys to you know for that to happen. The guy was a sociopath. Mm-hmm. The guy was a, a, an evil prick. Yeah, you know, he took money from people uh, under the guise of charity and under the guise of of being a good guy. Uh, in time, those people will get weeded out, which is what I told you before, right? Without a strong, without a big product idea, you either have a marketing and copy idea only, and the best you're ever going to be is 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 a hypey type person, and the worst is you'll be a liar. And the only difference is how quickly you you go bankrupt, or mm-hmm. in in a case like that, calm guy, uh, uh, which I guess I'll start referring to as con from here on out. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is uh, you know for someone like that, it's jail. You go to jail. You go to jail yeah. for it. And and um. Anyway, uh, you know, I, 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 could, I could beat this horse to a bloody pulp, to be honest with you, in terms of, uh, in terms of going over this one particular topic. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's so important that you get that right, because otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the big hook, it just doesn't matter. If the product okay. itself is not the hook. Yeah. And by the way, I guess real quick, you you could you could go you could exaggerate to the other side which is where you exa- where where you focus so much on the product that you never think about the big marketing and the big copywriting hook and so then yeah now you've got the world's greatest thing but then no one's buying it because you're not marketing it you're That's not right, good right. at marketing it and you don't have a good marketing idea and yeah the marketing and copy idea will come from the product idea from the big idea of the product but uh, eventually you need a big copywriting hook and a big marketing hook. Otherwise, you're not going to sell. So, you know, it's got to be this, this balance, really. Yeah, 100%. Dan Kennedy says that you do need to be a better marketer of what you do than a doer of what you do. That doesn't mean you need to be really shitty at what you do. It just means right. you've got to be the best at what you do. And then you got to be even better at marketing that or it doesn't matter. You can be the have the world's best uh, pair of shoes. But if you, you know, yeah. the most comfortable shoes on the planet, but if no one even knows you exist, then what's the point? Or you uh, do what we do, which is we hire the go. Like, I'm not I'm not a stock picker. I'm not a retirement yeah. specialist. I'm not. I'm not an options trader. I'm none of those things, but I'm a good marketer. Um, so the guru, you know, I don't, I don't have to be in that spotlight. I don't have to yeah. be in that spotlight where I'm the guru. So you do what I do and you partner up with really good people that are really good at what they do. Yeah, I love that. All right. So I always ask every one of my guests, where do you go to get inspired or how do you get inspired as a marketer to come up with this next big idea or to, um, you know, revolutionize an industry like you've done, Fernando? Um, my inspiration comes from, comes from the work. So like when I, mm. when I have a new project, um, I typically will go to Amazon and, and buy uh, like the top three, three to five books in that subject matter. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm reading all of them. Then I start subscribing to, you know, to podcasts. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, searching, I'm, I'm on Google, uh, you know, just searching. And the reason I'm doing that is I'm just, um, I feel like, and by the way, I also believe it or not, I listen to a lot of, um, uh, like science fiction type stuff on mm. audible. Um, and, and I listen to it. I don't read it. Um, for me, listening to it uh, just puts me in a different state of mind. And um, 
you know, right now I'm reading a really good series. It's called Awaken Online. Mm. Um, great series. I love it because it, it, it's kind of like um, it's got like this gaming and virtual reality component to it. You know, it's really cool. But anyway, um, that's how my mind works to start connecting all all the dots. Mm. Um, I'm also having a lot of conversations. I try to talk to a lot of really smart people because they'll say something that'll trigger a thought for this other thing. And, um, I don't know that I've, I don't know that I have any exercises to work that sort of idea muscle. I mean, you've probably, a lot of people have spoken about this, about working out your idea muscle. But for me, the only activities that I can think of is I just consume a lot of content. I read a lot. I, I listen to books, uh, to audiobooks. I, I watch TV shows. Um, and so I just consume, there's this level of, there's this level, there's this period of all I'm doing is just consuming, 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 you know, building a strong campaign, finding inspiration. What the reason why I, I, I don't like that term, right? Where do you find your inspiration is because it feels a little, for lack of a better term, it feels a little woo-woo, right? It's this sort of, sure. you know, you go to this, you know, you is the guru that goes and, and into the cave and, you know, fasts for, you know, 14 days or 30 days and comes out with some kind of shocking thing. Um, I, to me, I don't consider it finding inspiration. To me... I think of it as think think of a think of a diamond, right? I'm not a diamond maker, but the way the way you get a diamond is you start with like this huge massive chunk of raw material, this rock. Yeah. And then someone who's trained then starts taking this rock and breaking it down, 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 breaking it down until you get this tiny little diamond that's, that's ready, you know, to sell. So from something that's this big, you get like something that's a, a carrot, let's say, or two carrots. Well, how did you get there? Well, you started with a lot of raw material and then it was a reductive process. You reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced. Well, that's the same thing with, with the creative pursuit for me. I start with a lot of raw material and then I cut it down, mm. you know, through it's th this process of editing and cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting. Um, you may say, well, how do you know that you're cutting things you shouldn't cut? You don't, right? You, mm. you, don't, you don't know, but just like a diamond cutter, you know, one bad cut, can take it from this flawless four carat diamond down to maybe a flawless one and a half carat diamond. And the value, you, you just lost, you know, 800% of the value, right? So you don't know it's, it's a risk you take, but the more you do it, the more trained you become, the more you understand, Oh, you know what? This is probably going to be good to add in. So I, I start with a, a, that's where the quote unquote inspiration comes from. It's starting with a lot of raw material, a lot of content, a lot of data, and then we start trimming it down. And, and I happen to do that in a collaborative way. I talk to my copywriters. I talk to 
other people that I trust. We get in meetings. For that big Meganar that we did, we were meeting for three months. We were meeting twice a week. Okay. Wow. Um, uh, excuse me, once a week. Then like, like 45 days out, we were meeting twice a week. And then about two weeks, maybe three weeks before the webinar, we were meeting daily, daily, mm. every single day. So, you know, that's sort of where I find inspiration. Uh, I find it by working a lot and, and digging in uh, massively in a big way. And the reason why I mentioned books, both reading and audible, is um, there's a lot of research, especially, you know, especially when, you, when you find good books, there's a lot of research that went into that book. Sure. So it kind of lets you skip ahead and you don't have to do all that research on your own. Uh, but the, the other reason why I like it is because most marketers won't do that. What yeah. most marketers will do is they, oh, well, let me go, let me go see where they hang out. So let me go to my, let's go, let's go to the forums and the blog post and the blogs that they hang out in. And let me read some comments that people make. Everyone's doing that. There's, that's not a secret anymore. That's not <laughs> yeah. a secret. Everyone's doing that. Oh, go hang out where your, where your people live. True. But how about you take the people that you're after? Why not read the books that they're reading? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I would almost argue that if your niche is not into reading books, then you're probably in the wrong niche or you're in a niche that's not going to make you a lot of money yeah. because uh, the people with money are the people who are reading. And so you want readers. And so for me, I'd rather read the number one New York Times bestseller that my people are reading so that I can get a feel for what it is that they're thinking and feeling. So that's that's my beautiful word. man. Beautiful answer, dude. You're one amazing human being. Um, I can tell you from working with you and from uh, partnering up with you that you are extraordinary. I know that there's a lot of people listening to this episode asking themselves, how do I work with you? How do I get in contact with you? Can you tell people if they've got questions, where do they go find you? How do they get yeah. in touch with you and how do they work with you? Um, I used to say my Facebook, but I, I keep hitting that limit, you know, the, 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 the friend 5, limit. 000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but you could still find me there, facebook.com forward slash Fernando Cruz. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram, cruisecantlose.com. Or not .com, just cruisecantlose. Sure. Um, uh, so, yeah, th- th- those are the, the, the two fastest ways to get a hold of me. If you can get into his Facebook friend group, do it uh, and ab- absolutely follow you on Instagram. Um, I learn stuff. It's funny. <laughs> it's witty. Um, you've got interesting questions. The, pe- the cast of characters that comment on your, uh, on your page are, are multi-multi-millionaires and up-and-coming yeah. copywriters and everybody in between. So it's an absolute privilege. I recommend that anybody wants to do that, definitely start following him. And also, um, you absolutely, by following him and connecting with him, can work with him. He's the type of guy that's very... Um, looking for the brightest and the best. So if you think you have what it takes, um, take my advice and reach out to him. Fernando, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And um, I will definitely be having you back soon. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you, man. And thank you for uh, having me here. And thank you so much for your kind words, man. It really means a lot. Of course, man. All right. All right. Thank you. Happy New Year, man. Thanks. All right. You too. There you go. That concludes another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're looking for even more content, more ideas, more things that you can do today to help grow your business, then head on over to my Instagram page at Secrets of Marketers. I've got a bunch of content on there and we are giving you guys access to all the behind the scenes stuff that go into making these episodes happen, as well as even more content that you can start to apply to your business today. And if you guys like this show, then help me spread the word. Go to the podcast page on iTunes and leave me a review. It's how I can rank well and how other people can find me. So go for it. Thanks for making my dreams come true. Now go make yours come true. Thanks again.